Hi! Welcome to Big Feelings, the podcast where two prematurely crotchety weirdos in suburban exile talk about parenting and other strange, gross, and interesting things. I'm looking at Ginger. I'm looking at you, Lorraine. Oh! I just had a couple of fruit flies flying around the backpack that I wanted to talk Ooh. about that I forgot mm-hmm, last mm-hmm. time. Um, so big, exciting news. Clem told me the other day what she wants to be when she grows up. Oh, gosh. Which is something I've always wanted to hear from her. And she's always been like, I don't know. I don't know. And as you know, teacher always comes up. Cause she's like, I'm a teacher, you know. But when I'm like, why? She's just, just like to boss people around. It's, it's a job that I've <laughs> seen people do. Okay. So she wants to be a YouTuber who works at Taco oh, Time. <laughs> Wait, it was that specific? Keeping it attainable. Yeah. And I was like, I bet we could find one of those for you to talk to right now. I bet at any Taco Time, there's a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. She was totally like, I've got it all figured out, Mom. And I was like... You could be doing that in the next six or seven years. Okay, so what's her YouTube channel about taco time? Or Oh, my God. How great would that be? I don't know. I didn't go. <laughs> you were more in shock. I was just kind of more like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I just felt like what she didn't That's add great. was like, who will never move out of my house? <laughs> the YouTuber who works at taco time. In your basement. Or a chef. (laughs) No, she didn't say the basement part. I was like, oh, so you're never moving out because you're going to be a YouTuber. (laughs) So that's pretty cute. And also today I sent my son to school wearing two different shoes. Well, he didn't mind. He didn't. (laughs) I'm sure I'll hear about it. But yeah, uh, whatever. They're both the same size. They're both red and black. I noticed when we got in the car and I was like, too late to go back in the house now. Let's go. So maybe he'll notice. Maybe he won't. So winning. (laughs) Feeling so (laughs) successful at the parenting thing. You know, um, well, I'm just glad that you found a spot on my couch that didn't have (laughs) folded laundry all over the place. I'm glad you parted the the sea. And I actually... We walked, we walked to school this morning. Yeah. Yeah. We caught some leaves. Mm. It was very magical. And the whole time. Did it take 45 minutes? It did. It did take 45 minutes. To go, what, five blocks? Jesus. Because that's walking with a toddler. Yeah. You just got to slow it down and and look at the world through their bright little eyes. Well, our big thing right now is that we're going through um, toilet training. Mm, Yay! And we seem to have mastered (laughs) the art of peeing on the little magical potty, right? Mm -hmm. But um, he hasn't pooped for like three days. And it's because Mm. there's just something weird about putting it in a plastic bowl that he doesn't like. I, so you're using the little, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't talked to a lot of people that have had success with the little like auxiliary, the chamber pot. Yeah. 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 So maybe that's it, but he doesn't. Yeah. So right now we're all constipated. So the walk up to school was every poop talk. (laughs) It goes back to poop talk. Yep. Yeah, so it took a long time to get to school because we're doubling over with, like, poop cramps. And then he's like, oh, I feel better. And then we walk for a little while. And then poop cramps. Isn't that sad? 
So it took a little um, extra time. And if it's going to be days when it does happen, oh it's going to be gosh. pretty horrific. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so, Lorraine, mm. I know that we're getting really close to Halloween. Mm-hmm. And spooky, spooky, spookies in the air. Mm-hmm. Spooky times. Yeah. I uh, was wondering if you were going to share something um, spooky with us later. Yeah. First of all, I do. I have a really fun, spooky, be spooky, spooky good time. And I, but first, I want to get chilled to the bone with some <laughs> terrifying true tales of teaching. Okay. So, what goes on in the teacher's lounge? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. So, I was going back in my brain and just remembering. Okay. Now, remember, I haven't taught for three years. So well, this yeah. is all, oh, ancient, all about, like, ancient history. I want to hear, because I don't think we've ever talked about how you decided to get into it. And we talked a little bit about you being in school, but did you just always want to be a teacher from the time you were little? I or? think so. Yeah. I think 19 years old hit and I was like, okay, I need to just decide what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to be ambiguous. So yeah, sure. I'll be a teacher. Oh, so you had a list of like princess, ballerina, <laughs> teacher. Taco Time YouTuber. Taco Time YouTuber. And then teacher. But I didn't start until way later. So I always had it in the back of my mind. But my first job, I was a, a swim instructor. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fun. And then I was a preschool teacher. And then I went to school. And then I was a kindergarten teacher. Then a first grade, second grade teacher. And then third grade teacher. I'm just kind of moving up, and then I went back down to kindergarten, <laughs> and I had some babies, and I was like, see you later, peace. Mm. But I've always wanted to help younger little kids. So I have a story called Skin Balloon. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I'm scared already. Um, let's see. So this was kindergarten year. There was a little man, six years old, who <laughs> came to school one day. And he had a, um, a balloon with him that he was kind of showing his friends. And, and I asked him to put it away. And I don't know why I didn't just take it. I was like, oh, it's so cute. He's got something that he wants to share with his friends. Okay, put that, you know, put it away. We took it out again during the assembly later on in the day. I started noticing when he kind of had blown it up halfway and started waving it around while everything was really quiet in the assembly that it was not a balloon. It was a condom. <gasps> <laughs> and that not only was part of the sharing, waving it in friends' faces, but it was also telling them that he had found it um, oh, no. in his dad's room. <gasps> <laughs> and I also happened to know that his dad, I, I knew that his dad was a swinger, kind of like ladies' man, single dad. Okay. Grossed the fuck out. Oh, my God. And it was the assembly, and I didn't – I had to physically walk over and take it away. And I had to hold the thing because, you know, I'm going to know that. Yes. Oh, oh. Yes. Dude, yes, yes. It it was something that the kid probably had found on the ground and, yeah, and brought it to school because he thought it was a balloon. It could blow. Oh. Oh, did, oh God, was he put, did he put his mouth on? Well, yeah, he was, oh. he had blown it up. Oh, he had blown oh. it up. 
Wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit All right. balls. So that's my skin balloon story. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I was expecting to hear when I asked you to bring me your true terrifying tales of teaching. Oh, you thought it was oh. going to be like, math was hard. <laughs> I don't know, man. Teaching I, fractions I, was difficult. I thought it was going to be like a million stories of parents being assholes, but this is way more fun. Oh, way more fun. Parents All right. being assholes is just boring because yeah. they're just fucking assholes generally. <laughs> um, not all of them. Hashtag not all. Not all Hashtag not all. <laughs> oh, okay. I have another story. All right. Tell me another scary story. All right. What's the, I, I do want to hear a shitty parent story. Okay. Like what's Let's your worst see. one? Cause you've told me a couple pretty good, scary stories that have stuck with me. Really? Yeah. Like what? I don't, the one lady, there's just so many. The one, there's <laughs> I have one story. The lady that just, just gets dropped off whenever a new one comes. The lady that wanted you to put her son in the rubber room. Cause she didn't <laughs> oh, want to. Yeah. Oh God. Actually, I have him on my list. Actually oh. thing about teaching in public schools is you have to, That's, yeah, you have to be a social worker yeah, on don't top tell that story. of it's being a horrible, heartbreaking. Story, it just, actually, it's actually super it. Never horrible. Mind. I know. Let's see. When you are a kindergarten teacher, you are this child's, basically you're this child's first experience outside of the home. And a lot of times kids don't go to preschool first. They, come to kindergarten and it's their first time. You're just mm-hmm. teaching kids how to be at school, right? It's school. It's not hey, about can academic you share? Yeah. Oh, well, now it's more about academic achievement because we're in this push to, you know, get them to be little geniuses by the time they're out of kindergarten. But And I have heard Harold's teacher, who's been teaching for 25 plus years, said that what kids are expected to do in kindergarten now is what second graders used to be expected to do not very long ago. Precisely. But yeah, yep. you've got to take yep. kids who may have been at Montessori preschool and maybe doing geometry and then other kids who don't know what the letter A looks like. Mm-hmm. And you've got to get everybody mm-hmm. on the same page without the smarty pants kids getting bored or things. But it's, it's yeah. about teaching school skills. Okay. It's less about academics. Yeah. It's not, you know, we're going to drill and kill this ABC business. <laughs> You're going to fucking be murder that alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> What? You call that a C? I'll do it again. That's letters. a G, motherfucker. 26 letters. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Counting to 100 by 10. <laughs> but yeah, so you're just teaching them basic, like, how to be kind, how to solve a problem, how to ask to go to the bathroom. Oh my God. Okay. This segues into a great story about, okay, so our building, it was like a 60s building built and everything maintained up until 2010, whatever. Asbestos in the walls, I'm sure, like we're talking paint chipping off, you know, light fixtures from the 70s. Anyway, in the kindergarten room, we had two little miniature bathrooms, which was pretty amazing because kids can just you know, use the bathroom when they have to. They don't have to walk down a hall. However, the doors were so heavy in the 50s building. Those hydraulic doors. Yes. (gasps) Finger squishers. Finger squishers. Smashers. Yeah. They were so heavy that as soon as the kid would go in, it was so strong, 
it was so heavy that they couldn't keep it open and they would get stuck <laughs> once the they bathroom. were pushed into the bathroom. <laughs> The door would slam behind them, and they would literally be stuck in there. Okay. And if they were not the type of kid to be like, hello, hello, (laughs) they would be in there for quite a while. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So they're in. So let's say that there's a kid in there. The bathroom wall is just tiling brown tile that, you know, in between all Mm -hmm. the tiles. You can't can't scrub that shit. Yeah. Like, it's... It's going to be stained brown from all the fecal (laughs) matter that's been accumulating for the past 40, 50 years. Just gross. The floor caked pea cakes. Like, (laughs) just in the little corners where you just can't get all of that urine out, you know? Especially in the boys' bathroom, because there was a girl there and a a boy's. Okay, okay. The boys' bathroom, because they're still learning how to shoot their, you know, their pee in the direction that they want. Yeah. Yeah. And they never do. It's always on the wall or the floor or whatever. You have to throw a Cheerio in there. So, <laughs> How you do it? I would have never known that. I Actually, I still don't know that because I haven't tried that trick yet. We're still sitting on the potty at, at my house. Oh, all right. Which I think is weird. It's really weird to see my son sitting on the potty, by the way, when he's peeing. And I'm like, okay, you got to aim your penis down. Yeah, the joy of being male is peeing while standing up. I know, right? Do you you have the insert for him for the toilet, right? Yeah. So his little tiny butt. And then we have the step stool that goes around too. Well, no. So maybe after today, I'm going to have to go and get the thing that goes on the toilet It's good for your poopy posture. It's like a squatty potty. Yeah. It's good for you too, because then your legs are actually in the position you're supposed to be in when you're squatting. When you're making that poopoo. It's a little pooty dooty. (laughs) Eventually, someday you can dream, Ginger. It'll happen for you. It's just very weird. And the whole like poop coming out and (laughs) getting dangly on the penis and oh, just can't. Ugh. Dude. All right, so back to the Send bathrooms. Send to the yard. <laughs> I know you kids do. Yes, yeah, they will go outside to pee. <laughs> and I don't care. I gotta pee, Mom. I don't care. <laughs> yep. Leave. My favorite was growing up, my, my siblings were much younger than me, and we had a deck, and then my grandma and grandpa lived in a mother-in-law below, and... We would hear the sliding glass door, (laughs) sliding glass door open, and they would go outside to pee off the deck, which is super fun. Unless my grandma had laundry hanging up to dry. (laughs) (laughs) So we had to put the kibosh on that. Or it's like, Uh, I I mean, I can't, can you imagine peeing into the wind? I I don't know. How magical does that sound to just, to pee off of a deck, the freedom, you know? Instead of of letting it fly. When women have to pee in non-toilet situations, it's fraught with anxiety. You will soak your sock. You will soak your pant leg. There's always little droplets that get on your shoes. It's a nightmare. Little dribble down the leg. Yeah. You can't can't shake it. I do have Portageen I ordered. It's like a funnel that you put over your vulva. For when when we're doing these podcasts. (laughs) So you don't have no, to get. Up. I just wear a diaper for that. But you, there's been incidents where I've been stuck. Like there's been a car accident, and you're stuck sitting there for hours, and you're frantically looking around for something you could maybe go into. And so for like three dollars, I ordered these things so that if you have to, if a situation arises, did you get that off of Wish? No, I'm scared of Wish because of all the things <laughs> it suggests that I 
Bye. Yeah, wish. I don't. It's it seems like weird things from China that will take three months to get to you, and will be an eighth the size that you thought it was going to be. Am I? Does that exactly <laughs> okay? But no, I just oh, got them on Amazon uh, Portageane, and and so yeah, you just put it on there, and it and it's the closest you're going to come to having a penis. Now, all that being said, I haven't gotten to use them yet. Okay. But I've had to pee okay. into enough, like, I empty subway cups and things like that that I was mm-hmm. just like, all mm-hmm. right, let's prepare for this. So when the apocalypse comes and I'm living out of the minivan, <laughs> I'm going to be and able to just jump out. you want to discreetly yeah, I mean, urinate while you're driving away from the Well, no, it's, I mean, yeah, I guess you could use it to pee while you drive because you could put the funnel in a bottle. I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of it more as like, I'm like a man. <laughs> Look at me. I'm going to stand here and just, you know. Um, oh, but yeah, that's I'm reliving life. some fond memories right now that I prefer not to really go into detail about. But I went through a stage where I thought I could pee like having a baby. I mean, that's some pelvic like floor control. Nine. And I think that there are women out there that, and hat is off. Ugh. Tip of the hat. If you can, yeah. if you've got the urethral fortitude to kegels man Ugh, who's got the time i um, know i could be doing them right now but <laughs> <Ugh>. work <laughs> Anywho. all right so gross bathrooms at the kindergarten just disgusting I can and only imagine. kids would get stuck in there all the time <laughs> so very sad the best story that i have about that bathroom is the time when the little kid was coming out of the bathroom and he did get his finger literally <gasps> almost sliced off <sighs> coming like because the door had closed and he was his hand was in a little door jam <sighs> and the tip of his finger had completely like oh no almost severed off oh, it was um, horrible it looked really really bad i am terrified of those hydraulic doors yeah I should be. I mean, they're I, they're wow. terrifying. Now I'm now you just made it terrifying. worse. Now I'm chewing on my hair. <laughs> but this little dude is really is scary. I know this little dude did not have um a very healthy home life and his parents oh. didn't really check the um finger when he got home and so the he had the same bandage he, on Did he go home the from next you sent him home from school? Day. Yes. He went to the nurse and he went, he went to the, Okay, so well, they knew. So public school, we didn't have a full-time nurse. The yeah. nurse was actually not there that day, so oh, our secretary no. had to bandage it up. Okay. Uh, the little guy went home. Next day, I think that he came back with the same exact bandage on, and um, it had gotten super infected because mm. it hadn't been cleaned. It was not a good situation. And... We had to call like the ambulance to come and help him because, well, we didn't have a nurse. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy, the kid's little finger, it was, it was just hanging there. So this is um, why we need, we need funding for schools. We need school nurses. Yes, please. That would be great. After all that bitching we did last time too about money. It's like, just write the PTA check. You don't have to participate. That's what I was going to say that I forgot. You don't have to participate in these sales. Don't participate. Just just opt out and write a check for as much as you can afford because the PTA Mm -hmm. deserves your money. And so does the school so that we can have things like school nurse. Cause this, this is, um, this really is horrifying to me. (laughs) (laughs) This is, uh, 
a different level of, um, oh. yeah, horror than I thought I was uh-huh. gonna experience this morning. Right. Wow. Fuck, dude. Oh, oh. I have, I have to say too, like, I have fingernail things and I have, uh-huh. I myself uh-huh. have uh-huh. lost a uh-huh. fingernail to uh-huh. the hydraulic door. So I'm like, uh huh. I, I, gross, gross. I've lost wow. my, I've lost my, the tip of my finger to a, a paper cutter. <laughs> Just <gasps> off. <gasps> And not only that, but it was the morning time when I was trying to get all the papers ready to go. One of those big, one of the big gnarly, like Mm -hmm. it's 50 pounds coming down. Yeah. 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 Cut off the tip. And (laughs) I was in such a hurry that I just like held onto it so that the pressure would just hold onto it because the bell was ringing. And I was like, I gotta get all these papers to the kids. Yeah, it was an awful dedication. Heck yeah. You were like, throw some glue on that fucker. Kids, look at me. (laughs) This is how much I care. Here's your worksheets that your parents are going to throw away. Oh my God. Some of them did have blood on them. I'm just now remembering some of them were bloody. (laughs) And I remember thinking, I don't have AIDS. I don't have AIDS. It's okay. I'm fine. They're going to be fine. I gotta get this done. This was like my first year of teaching. Oh wow! <laughs> I have a Whoa. morbid. Uh, I'm very scared of paper cutters. I actually well, those things are terrifying, and I feel like I've seen more than one horror movie. Like I think probably Cooties with Elijah Wood, where someone used that. Like they took the oh, yeah. part oh, no. of the paper cutter and were like using it to kill zombies. <gasps> and I was like, That's yes, a good idea. That is exactly heavy. What, yes, sharp. Yep. Good you gotta, you gotta blade all the killer. way. Yeah, yeah dude. you got a handle on there. Dude, yeah, right. I'm gonna put that one in the back of my. Yeah, in a weird way, I think a school might be a good place to. Do you think about this stuff like where Heck you yeah. want to be? Okay, because I feel like yeah, we kind of talked about it a little bit on the Dollywood episode of like I think about that shit where you want to be. And that Cooties movie, have you seen that with mm. Elijah Wood where the chicken nuggets are infected and it turns all the children into zombies? No. Oh, Cootie. Fuck, there's dude. a game. There's a game called Cootie where you put the little legs on. It's a and horror you movie. Pick out the yes, eyes that you want. We talked about that in a hotel. vagina conversation, but no, no, no. Cooties with Elijah Wood. Tis the season. Make that your Halloween movie. Not kid friendly, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, and I feel like you as a teacher would really. Would really love it. Because the teachers okay. have to kill all the, the zombie children. But, and also it may have been another horror movie, but I know I've seen someone use that as a weapon and I thought, yeah, fuck, yeah. And it was less scary because it was detached. You know, that's, because, yeah, you get those intrusive thoughts when you're doing something like that. of like, I could just cut off my could cut the, the the fucking whole finger hand, and then I'd never have to work hand. again. Get some and I. <laughs> You'd probably make way more money <laughs> doing this shit job. Wow. Oh, oh poor buddy. I know. Oh. Real, real sad. All of my other, all my other stories, they're either not appropriate to share <laughs> or they're, I, there's another story I was talking Serial about. Serial killer's Mother's Day card. Oh, shit. Yeah, this one sounds good. I'm excited. Okay. All right. This one's called Serial Killers Mother's Day card. (laughs) So I'm not going to go into great detail, but there, there are many personalities that show themselves in kindergarten that you can picture many, many, many years from now who this person is going to be when they grow up. And... There was a little kid who 
was most likely destined to be a serial killer when he grew up because he had a problem where he liked to smell um, hair, like mm. kind of thing. And then he would say, oh, I don't feel comfortable sharing this. It's too, it's too detailed. It's too like, you could tell who it was. Yeah. I'll tell you. Can you just, I'll just tell you, you can, can edit you, it out. No. Can you, can you omit <laughs> any of those identifying details? I knew you were going to latch on to this one. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this, what are the odds? This little person. Okay. This little person was very troubled. Ever since he was little, he was, he was a handful for his parents. His parents were really in their later part of their lives, fifties, mm-hmm. maybe. Great bush baby. Yeah. And so I think that it was a taxing situation for them to begin with. Was he a surprise, do you think? Surprise. Oh, okay. Admittedly. Okay. And he just needed a lot of, of, uh, teacher attention. And he wasn't in my class, but, uh, so this kid, he didn't fall into um, recognizing social cues. Non-neurotypical. Non, right. Okay. So he um, needed a lot of extra assistance. He had a one-on-one teacher that walked around with him, but he was also very aggressive. Mm. And he, his favorite game to play on the recess field was um, Killer Shark, of okay. which he actually became a shark okay. and went around biting kids at recess. Um, Do you drop blood? Uh-huh. Like really yeah. chomped? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Really chomped. Oh. I think oh, that there wow. was a couple situations when he was actually the, one of, he was actually expelled from school for, or I guess suspended, like okay. for a couple of days because of this violent behavior. Go up to girls, specifically girls mm-hmm. in the lunch line, particularly because they always had to line up to get their food. Oh, oh, so he's huffing their hair, huffing hair and then whispering, I'm a shark. I smell, I smell your blood. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. So I'm the, so into this. the situation, these stories were just dime a dozen, like the, the things that he would do. And he was not a happy I child. A couple more. He made this mother's day card that was my favorite thing of all time. The mother's day card that, what kids were supposed to do was make a picture of your mom to give to them on Mother's Day. And the picture that he ended up drawing of his mom was this like shark toothed, blood dripping picture of his mom in this the angriest, the angriest face you've ever seen in your entire life. And the teacher said, uh, you know what? I think that we might want to make another picture, you know, because this might be a good picture and this for you kid's to keep. Five, mm-hmm. six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And wow. he says, yeah, okay. Okay. So he drew another picture. He says, this one is, is much better. <laughs> it was the exact same picture. <laughs> it's the exact. Same thing, but so he just two- refined his technique. So he's right, like, well, yeah. No, like, look how much. Is, oh, much more. So the, te- I mean, all of the kids had to have a picture in this card, and then there was a nice poem on the other side that yeah. was like, "Oh, I love you." Here's all the ways. Da 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 da. Picture, and the teacher was like, "I can't, <laughs> I can't let him have a picture of his mom like that. She's gonna like lose yeah. it." So she decided not to include the picture, but she did keep it as a memento. <laughs> As, wow. Um, 
Yeah. That's, that is terrifying. So I feel like he was the, as much as you really try as a teacher to help shape kids, I think that there's just, there's a small percentage of kids that are just going to be who they are going to be. Wow. You know? Yeah. And you can have as much will and drive to give them as many good experiences as you can and help them. But I think then in some situations there's just going to be, there's going to be, I want to hear another one. What else did you do? Just one more thing. Okay. (laughs) One more little nugget. Um, he would just walk around. He would walk around the school surfing, you know, like a shark. Okay. I mean, he was a shark. That was what he wanted to be. That's yeah. That's what he wanted to be for Halloween. His parents let him be a shark. Shark week all every day. uh, yeah. And that, that the thrill just excited him of trying to actually make people bleed. Wow. And he, w- and when he would hurt kids, he would laugh. Wow. There were, I mean, from the parents, That's he had so just scary. said, he would, he would say things to his parents. Like, I want to, yeah, you know, kill you in your I sleep. I want to kill you. I would like, wow. I, I would like you to be dead. I would like you to wow. not be here anymore. You know, things like, oh, <laughs> you know, no. just good things oh like God. that. I mean, Clem's never even said like, I hate you, mommy, or yeah. I don't like you or, yeah. you know, like, whoa, this is kind of, cause you, when you get, when you're into crime and you read about these extreme serial killers, like I was just reading about one that this is reminding me of where he ended up, I think he ended up being a cannibal. It's one of the ones that I can read the Wikipedia entry, but that's as much as I can handle because mm-hmm. it's so fucked up. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he, when he was young, he would, um, he was obsessed with the taste of his own blood and he would pick uh, scabs and lick them uh-huh. to the point where it was upsetting the teachers. And yeah. he would talk about how much he liked the taste of blood. This is this, I think it's, I think his name's Nathaniel Barjona, the Barjona guy. Uh-huh. So you uh-huh. serial killer people out there know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. He's a real, real bad one. Right. When you know all this stuff about these people and then you hear something like this, you can't help but be like, oh, shit. So I've seen a lot of kids and I would say that he, he's, he's the scariest. Spooky. He's, he's spooky. Mm-hmm. And not spoopy. So I don't know. Yeah. Wow, I think shoot. that he's, he's definitely destined for uh, a hard life. Yeah. This little kid. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've definitely, I feel like too, our jobs share something in common in that it's part of our job to find something about these people that we're working with to like. Mm-hmm. So like when someone sits in my chair, it's my job to like them and, mm-hmm. and to find something to latch onto that we can share. And so people are always like, Oh, do you have any clients you just hate? And it's like, well, I can't allow myself that, you know, right. also I can't hide anything that I'm feeling at all. So it's very obvious if I don't like you, Thanks or I think you're an ass. Because I feel that is exactly what it's like to be, yeah. to be a teacher. It's there's, your job to there's actually, there's, them. you know what, even that serial killer kid, yeah. I, I have to love him on some sort of level yeah, because that's my job. Yeah. And, and you might, you can't allow yourself not to. Right. Right. Because then it just opens the floodgates oh, to yeah. like failing at your job. I've had, I've had chairs thrown at me while I was pregnant. Yeah. Let's talk about all, yeah, all the injuries you sustained, so, all the weird fucked up things that have happened to you at your job. I've had, where you I've make had biters. So much money. I've had biters, um, who you had to physically make sure not to have extremities near the kid because they're just angry. You know, they oh. come from a house that is not 
not supportive, not loving, whatever it is, and they need to they need to get it out. I've had chair throwers, which they're so angry, so upset that I had a little guy who we needed to clear the classroom because he had started jumping on all of the desks, picking up pencils and chucking them and just like tearing posters off and wow. turning desks upside down and stuff wow. like that. And this one little guy, third grader who was throwing chairs and I was like eight months pregnant. Wow. And at the time I was the only teacher who could be in the classroom. So I can't leave all of the other kids. So wow. I had no other choice but to like say, okay, all the other kids just got to come out of the classroom and we're just going to let this kid do what he's going to do in there. Wow. You know, I think in all of these stories, the reason that they're, they're tragic and terrifying is that you need to provide a sense of support and love for these kids that they're not getting at home and you're pretty vulnerable. And there's like a small degree of control that you have that just sort of lingers there and it's all an illusion. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that I can tell kids what to do and they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's very tenuous, very tenuous. And there are some kids that know this teacher, she can't really tell me what to do, Oh no, (laughs) you know? And that's when it gets sort of, you know, it gets scary. So yeah, teachers need to be paid more, but you know, I feel like there should be some rules for parents. There should be some rules like, I think there are parents that are like, he's your problem now. That is exactly what it is. They're tired. The parents are tired. They don't have any skills to be able to deal with this stuff. And whose fault is that? Like, so it becomes a society thing. If you're going to have kids, you should be given some support so that you know how to deal with violent behavior or how to give your kid a time out without spanking them or hitting them with wire hangers or... People are still doing that, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, so just really awful, awful shit that you have to really just think about. And you get compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue. It is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, dude. I think that's a large reason why I'm not teaching at this point. Because fucking three children is so exhausting. Yeah. That, tapped out already. Yeah. Do you think that there's some people too that they get the compassion fatigue and then at a certain point they're like, well, shit, this is what I've spent all this time in school to do. And so they just do it without the compassion because they just, that's the only way they can get through. No, no. You gotta just, I think that anybody who stays in teaching has a level of compassion that is unmatched. And for those teachers that don't show the compassion, they know that that they have decided that there is a level that they can't show of compassion because it shows weakness. Mm-hmm. And they have, I mean, there's obviously good teachers and bad teachers, but I think for the most part, teachers' hearts are always in the right place. Mm. Terrifying. That is, shit, man. Damn it. Ooh, God damn. That was an emotional journey. Ugh. And we're, <laughs> we got to get going with my fun story. So let's. Let's blend that gremlin. So I got to do a field trip with this one and it was fun because I'm doing the story of the Comet Lodge Cemetery, which is in Beacon Hill on Beacon Hill. Wait, this isn't the place that's giving a guided tour. Yeah. 
Ooh. Yeah, the Atlas Obscura does a guided tour every yes. Halloween season. Oh! And I wasn't able to make it work. It's actually taking place on Saturday. But at this point, I feel like I could... I, I don't know what the guy giving the tour would know that I don't because I've, I've really gotten into this one. So I went there yesterday and took a bunch of pictures. And it was a very lovely, peaceful, slightly sad place. Yeah, it was really pretty, too, though, because the sun was setting. The, it's, you know, very autumnal out right now, kind of a little bit foggy. So Comet Lodge Cemetery is on Beacon Hill. No, very few people know it's there. It's on, like, Graham between 22nd and 23rd. So I kind of discovered this story partly through Waze and then also a client named Brennan who suggested it. But yeah, Waze would have me go this weird way to work. And so I'd, I'd, it'd have me go right to the cemetery and I'm looking right at the sign that says Comet Lodge Cemetery, established 1895. And I'm like, what the fuck is this place? What the fuck is a Comet Lodge? So then I was like, well, I'll start with that. And then I got into this super fun click spiral about the Odd Fellows because these fraternal orders used to be a huge thing. Like 25% of families in the 1920s were members of some sort of fraternal order. And then the more I started digging around, like, first of all, the graphic design is amazing. Like these things all have the coolest fucking logos and their fonts are on point. Um, and so the odd fellows sound like they're pretty dope. The historic command of the odd fellow is to visit the sick, relieve the distressed, bury the dead and educate the orphan. Sounds good, right? <laughs> There's kind of no downside. Like you get to just hang out with people that share your values. Uh, they're less hoity-toity than the Freemasons. They'll take men and women of every rank and station. It's said that they just started taking people of color in the 70s, but I found pictures of people of color in full uh, Oddfellows regalia. So I think they were cool enough. Not cool enough to change their bylaws, but cool enough to just be like, yeah, that, that rule's stupid. And so... Friendship, Love, and Truth, you'll see on their logo, it's FLT. The other fun thing that I found was, so unfortunately, kind of sadly, this fraternal order thing is on weight, on hardcore decline. Um, so people are buying their old halls and stuff, which are always super fucking cool, and I want to live in one. And they would be cleaning these out, and they would routinely find human skeletons. No. <laughs> so there's a story after story there's a great one on Atlas Obscura about people finding these human remains just kind of in, in all a closet, of, in a closet, in a drawer, in a Wait, secret what? hole in the wall, in a false floor. And so that was, they would use them for their initiation ceremony. So it was like confronting mortality. Wait, where do they get all these bones? You from? used to be able, you could just buy them. <laughs> you could buy them from a company called De Moulin Brothers and Company, where you could get a quote-unquote genuine deodorized skeleton for 110 to $200. And so one of these Oddfellows skeletons that is dubbed Jane Doe was found in Pittsburgh, and she had an exciting afterlife because she got sold to a prop dealer. She was in Dawn of the Dead. She spent some time in a window display at a costume shop. Oh, my God. Yep. And then they have, like, they have junior leagues. Um, they had a, a women's auxiliary called the Rebecca's. Yeah, there were 3.4 million members of the Odd Fellows Lodge in the early 1900s. Um, and they still Nation, got a website. Nationwide? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, or, I didn't say nationwide or worldwide because it started in England and then uh, okay. people came over to America and were like, you could just kind of start one up. Okay. So, okay. They've got the Junior Lodge for boys 18 to 21. Um, your United Youth 
youth group. They do stuff like they're, uh, they do a tomb of the unknown soldier ceremony in, in uh, Washington, DC in Canada. And some famous members include Burl Ives. I love Burl Ives. He was an odd fellow. Yeah, he was an odd fellow. And then a bunch of like presidents and governors and stuff like that. But Charlie Chaplin, P.T. Barnum, Charles Lindbergh, Red Skelton, Winston Churchill, the Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt. On their website now, they have a couple of tattoo artists they assume are well known. I don't know. They look like those dudes. They had the. Can a woman be an odd fellow? Well, yeah, she's a Rebecca. But who's a, who is the de- the dead bone lady? No, a woman can be an odd fellow, but you're it's an auxiliary oh, really called the Rebecca. Okay, the Rebecca's. Okay, um, so that's so that's who originally uh, held this land was the Comet Lodge, which was an offshoot of Odd Fellows. They got this land, but it was originally a Duwamish burial ground, so it was actually an ancient Indian burial ground, as they say. And the Duwamish lived up in that area, which was, a, it was actually Georgetown because I-5 wasn't there to split it up. So okay. the Duwamish and the Maple family lived in this little area, coexisting pretty peacefully. The site was originally five acres. They estimate as many as 800 pioneers are buried there. Um, in the official seminary, cemetery, there's 494 people. So the land was bought by the Oddfellows on the 24th of September in 1895 and made a historical graveyard, which is the highest level of protection. And then in 1908, the Comet Lodge sold half of the cemetery to one of their nobles for a dollar. This guy, H.S. Noise. I don't know. Well, and so then he would sell plots to make money. Okay. So... Uh, then in uh, July 1912, Noyce, Noyce, Noyce <laughs> sold it to H.R. Corson, who, you know, he may, I mean, I love these stories because you're like, oh, I, I know that street. Oh, the Corson building. So he was the grand noble of this Comet Lodge. So he got sold this chunk of land for 10 bucks. And then in 1927, the baby grave markers were removed because a lot of them were just wooden because you didn't have time to get your shit together because your baby died to get like a grave carved. So the, um, the baby grave markers were removed. The land, that land was sold to the city for a dollar and they knew it was a baby graveyard, but they bought it to like do shit with anyways. So the last burial there was a three-year-old named Jewel London who died on September 21st, 1936. And then in 1938, the ownership of the graveyard was disputed and the county foreclosed on ML Noise, who was dead. So there's a couple things wrong with that, King County. Mm-hmm. First of all, it contravened Washington law, which prohibits foreclosures on cemeteries. Like, and that makes sense. And also, so yeah, you can't foreclose on a cemetery and you can't foreclose on a dead person. How are they going to, you know, pay you the money to get their property back? So this is kind of a weird story about like the county and the city kind of doing some weird shady shit. And then, so it just kind of became over this plot of overgrown brambly blackberry bushes and trees and, in 1965, a garage band stole one of the gravestones and took it to their practice space and put some candles on it and thought it'd be fun and spooky. And then they felt bad and they dropped it back off kind of to the side. It got to the point, too, where it was so overgrown that people didn't know that it was a cemetery. 
And then the Peking County rezoned it to be commercial land. And so when people are like, oh, I didn't know there was a cemetery in Beacon Hill, it's like, well, kind of technically there's not because they rezoned it. But at no point were the bodies actually exhumed and moved. And when you go there now, it's weird because they just sort of put headstones in random places. So I think a couple of them are where they originally would be, but they're just sort of these clumps of random headstones. And then there was a really sad, just like pile of them. And yeah, pilfering them. And so by 1987, shit gets really weird. So the city of Seattle bulldozed a chunk of the cemetery and built houses on it. And just neglected to divulge to the people building and owning those houses that they didn't, that they were on a baby cemetery because that was the section of land that they bulldozed and built on was baby land. So one of the instigators of this, this bulldozing in 1987 was this wackadoodle who I wish I could find more information out called uh, Don Kipper. So he goes in there and he starts clearing out the land and he tells everybody like, oh yeah, I'm going to restore it. It's this cool, beautiful old cemetery. And people are just like, oh, that's neat. Okay. Um, he claimed that he had gotten a, t- a clear title from two of the three members of the lodge, surviving members of the lodge. But then it comes out that no, no, he just wanted to live on a cemetery. So he just... Rolled in and started doing that. Yeah. So they had to, um, so he convinced the city workers to bulldoze the tombstones on All Souls Day, 1987. So I feel like uh, he had some okay. kind of goth shit going yeah. on. And then the city got a restraining order against him and there was a 10 year ownership dispute. And then interestingly, this guy, John Dickinson shows up and he, he and his cousin have a couple blogs about about Comet Lodge. Um, they're related to the original mayor of South Park. And there's a couple different viewpoints on it. So the Dickinson viewpoint is he was at the UW and he did his master's thesis about this place and he did all this research and stuff. And he got a county permit for five years. And then it was going to be this nonprofit that was going to restore this cemetery to its original glory. Um, there were a couple city workers that sort of threw monkey wrenches in there who, um, they weren't happy with him trying to restore the cemetery because they'd been making money from stealing the headstones and selling them. So they said it was a red tailed hawk habitat and, and got him banned. But then other things I found said that John Dickinson was just going around to the people who didn't know that they were living on a cemetery and being like, did you know, did you know that your house is on baby graves? Did you know? And some people portray him as a crackpot. And one of the ladies who claim, who says that she's had uh, things happen said that that's how she found out was he knocked on her door and was like, Hey, did you know? So that's a fun hobby. Some of the wooden crosses, the baby grave markers, uh, they showed up in like a local tavern. Other people put them in their gardens, which that's fun. Nothing like a baby grave marker to really spice up your, uh, your, your little garden there. Oh, this is so disturbing. This is so disturbing. Yeah. So that enough time can go by and you're, you're meaningless in that sort yeah. of a way. You're just like, all we are is dust in the wind, Ugh. you know, 
But it's so weird to me that, yeah, you would just, like, did anybody go, okay, we can bulldoze, but don't go down this deep. Because then also, too, while Kipper was doing his crazy pants shit, the city started digging a, a sewer line. So then I'm wondering, like, they had to have found, what? oh my god, you know, some Okay, question. Okay, so was there, so you said Duwamish Mm -hmm. burial Mm -hmm. ground. So were the babies buried on top of the Duwamish? Is that? That's hard to say. I mean, that probably had to have happened, but it sounds like since they had a copacetic relationship that I'm hoping that the pioneers and the Native Americans, like, didn't, that that was clarified. Okay, so there was Um, maybe more, like, side by side. uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't even, I am so not into, I love looking at old cemeteries, but to me, like, what you do with my meat sack, I don't fucking care. Prop me up in a chair, taxidermy (laughs) me. I think Jeremy said he's going to do that. And I'm like, I don't care, I'll be dead, I'm done with it. I'm not using it. It's just my meat sack. And when you look at, like, embalming and stuff, they scoop all the shit out of there, and you really are just, like, a sack, you know? So it's like, yeah, go ahead. Put me in a rocking chair in the corner of the room. I don't care. I'll be dead. I'm done with it. I'm kind of already done with my body already. Um, Can we just speed up that process? So just embalm me right now because I'm done with it. I'm over it. Uh, I'm only, I'm leading my neck up life. I'm only, I'm only using everything from the neck up. Okay. I need to know what's, what's been going on in the past, like 20, 20 years here, 20, 30 years. Yeah. So, you know, people have been running their mouths saying like, oh, we're going to, we're going to restore these, this cemetery and, and just, yeah, no one ever did. I think like Norm Rice said he was going to restore it. People kind of got into this restoration part project, but it was just like starts and stops. And then so Dickinson was working on it. It sounds like he actually did do a bunch of research. You know, he found the, this huge long list of almost 500 people that are buried there. But then he was he was taking down a tree and someone got hurt. And so he got a cease and desist from the county and lost his work permit and was permanently barred from the premises. Okay. So I think just the county, I mean, it's kind of this nice little park now. It's referred to as like a dog park, but it's on a pretty, Graham is pretty busy with people coming off. It's right off that Swift Albro exit. Yes. So that's the other weird thing too, is you're standing there. It's very peaceful. It's very quiet, but then there's like super traffic going. And it's a dog park? Well, that's what, that's, That's what the weird. city identified it as, but mm. I don't know why you would. And I mean, I love my dog, but something about my dog, like shitting on mm. graves. It's just weird to walk around there too, because you don't, you know, you know that there's <laughs> bodies underneath your feet, but because you don't have the markers, because the markers are, they're just willy nilly here and there. But yeah. And so psychics that have visited it have said, one psychic said that the felt she felt like the ground was crawling. Another psychic said that she thought there were 5,200 spirits hanging out there. But there hasn't been a lot of activity. There's a couple pictures of some orbs. You know, orbs are kind of, I'm not a big orb fan, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can go online and there's some pretty dubious orb pictures. And then another, so some of the baby land people. I just, it's baby land. It's so cute. I, hope, I mean, would it be, I don't know. I, I don't mind a baby ghost. You know, if you just smelled a baby every once in a while, it would be annoying though to to hear a baby crying <laughs> all the time, <laughs> all the time, or smell baby poop. I don't know what would a baby ghost be like. You know, Aww. all of a sudden your nipple just gets clamped on too. <laughs> Stop it! Right? I don't know. Baby, baby ghosts have that baby smell. 
Baby ghost, do 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 do, baby ghost. <laughs> yeah, like if you just caught a whiff every once in a while of like that nice fontanelle smell, you know. Mm. Maybe I'll like. I don't know. I mean, because kids died so much back then. Yeah. In like the 1800s, it's like they're like, oh, there's another one. Yeah, that's one of the things. You know, like one of the things I've gone when I've I've done when I've gone back to the Midwest is gone to these cemeteries where you just see. And I mean, I I love cemeteries. They're beautiful, peaceful places, and I feel like they're not going to be haunted because you're going to haunt the place where you died horrifically, not where your meat sack is placed. Like. However, mm. much longer later, okay. yeah, right? Sense. Like yeah. cemeteries mm-hmm. should be like some of the least haunted places because nothing's happening there. No right. one's getting murdered in cemeteries usually. So I don't know, but yeah, you'd see eight kid gravestones, and it's like a couple died in childbirth, and then a couple would die in whatever war, and then the last gravestone in the row would be like the mom and a baby because you know on your thirteenth one you just give out. Yeah. So, um, so some of the graves, the gravestones that they've salvaged that are there are pretty old and cool. And so there has been some fun, spooky, spooky stuff. So one of the ladies Ooh, yes. that lives on that Babyland strip, she has display case full of expensive porcelain dolls, which there's your first mistake, <sighs> a lighted display case, you know, like, how can that not be spooky? Because it's like lighted, so the shadows are coming down, and your fucking creepy ass porcelain dolls that whose painted eyes just stare at you, follow you around as you walk through the room. But anyway, that to me is asking, (laughs) not to victim blame, (laughs) but if you've got prominently displayed fucking creepy dolls, um, so her display case would be locked, and she would wake up in the morning and the dolls would be all over the house. Like, kids had been playing with them. Um, Aww. Yeah. Aww. I mean, again, like, but also, how how annoying is it to be constantly picking up after your kids? And then it's like, these aren't even your kids. Jesus, these are fucking dead kids. They get relief after they're dead. Exactly. They're still fucking slobs. Like, <laughs> and you, how are you supposed to, what are you supposed to make a chore chart for the ghosts? All right. Pick that shit up, you guys. Clean up. Clean up everybody. every ghosty everywhere. <laughs> exactly. They don't want goldfish. They don't care. <laughs> Another family thought that their son was just a slob. They would make him pick his stuff up every night, and then they'd get up in the morning, and there were toys all over the house mm. on stairs. And pla- so I think they figured it out because it was like places that this kid never went, wouldn't mm-hmm. go to, mm-hmm. and they'd find mm-hmm. his toys mm-hmm. there, which is also like, oh, good touch my shit. Harold hates when other kids touch his stuff. Um, and then that same kid said that he saw a, a strange boy dressed in funny clothes who would come sit on the edge of his bed every night. That's fucking super scary. And, you know what? Spooky. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I, for some reason, that freaks me out more than most of the stories. Is thinking that my children are gonna say, "Oh yeah, there's there's I have a little friend who sits yes. on my bed at nighttime." Right, better a tulpa than a. <laughs> dead kid totally. who always wants you it to go close. come with me come with <laughs> yes. me like to me one of the spookiest ghost things is when people say they see that like the butt indentation oh. like you don't see the ghost necessarily but you feel or see yeah you know mm-hmm. like ooh. so yeah lights going on and off and oh like actual apparitions have been cited like a cloud shaped like a person just sort of person shaped mist didn't sound like it was the really bad news like black shape you know which i think is kind of more demon 
stuff. So we're talking OG ghosty. We're talking very ghosty like- ghost. Sounds like a very spooky, foggy, ghosty mm-hmm. ghost. Yeah. And so in another house, this woman's daughter saw spirits. They would go screw around in the cemetery and they would, so they were hanging out in the cemetery because, you know, it's just a vacant lot. And they came home and they looked out their window back at the cemetery and they saw a lady with long wavy hair, but they said it didn't freak them out that much because she looked happy. Hmm. So that's nice. Oh, and then little kid-sized spirits starting between the trees. People have, have said they've seen those. So I'm not – there were charts and stuff online, but I couldn't really get the gist of, like, if the current – what's currently represented as the cemetery. I think all the children in the Babyland areas have been, have been built on. But I think it's only, like, an acre and a half now, and it used to be five acres. So so what is it, like, um, residential yeah, business? It's – so Those type of condos when the type city, things or what? Yeah, when the city rezoned it, they rezoned it for retail, which is weird, and then single family occupancy homes. Oh, okay. But what's but the houses that were there now were built in the late eighties, so they're they look like my house. Oh. Just kind of those like split level. But then I'm wondering too, it's like they have basements. They have like daylight basements. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything about people going to construct these places and you know, that's kind of a big deal if you start Digging out your foundation, and I mean, have you not seen Poltergeist? No, right? Skeletons in the swimming pool, grabbing you. Ooh, God, I love that movie. And Did that you was- know that that movie isn't that movie PG? I think it's PG. Oh, shit, it is PG. And I feel like I remember reading somewhere that they used actual human skeletons for Jesus that. Jesus Christ! Probably the human skeletons that are Shoot. coming out yeah, of this Yeah, Jane Doe's probably in there. She partied Damn. hard. Yeah, you can see they have a still of her in Dawn of the Dead. She's just like over in the corner, <laughs> skeleton. <laughs> I you can't tell. But it's, I mean, what? And it is weird to me too. Like these these odd fellows that are buying, and, and they said too, like uh, this that skeleton supplier that you could. They they were the purveyors of skeletons and oh yeah, Dumoulin Brothers and Company. Oh, right. You could get all of your fraternal hazing needs. <laughs> so they mentioned them like selling goats and sashes and oh, like God. the more what? they mentioned about like what you could buy from this place for your for your weird for rituals. Your odd fellow ritual? Yeah. It's like whose skeletons are being bought and sold. It's upsetting. It's weird. I, wow, you know, unaccounted for skeletons just getting sold to frats willy nilly. And then can you imagine too, if somehow like your spirit was still attached to that skeleton where you're like, oh, now I'm in a drawer in this frat house and they pull me out every once in a while and they spank each other in front of me. And then I go back in the drawer like, great. I would haunt your toilet tank if that was the case. I'd be like, just could you just put me in the ground? Good God. One of the headstones that everybody really loves at the cemetery is this one that looks like a big log. So, and you'll see these everywhere because they're part of the Victorian sort of rustic movement and they're really cool. And they were made for the woodmen of the world. And so on a couple of those grave marks, you can see that they're the women of woodcraft is their ladies auxiliary. So I kept wanting to say World of Warcraft, but it's the women of woodcraft. And so if you were a WOW member, your life insurance proviso would include a free grave marker from 1900 to 1920. A lot of these fraternal orders were built on financial pooling and like life insurance. 
So you would join this lodge and then you would pay your dues and then you would know that if something happened, uh, if your husband was a member or whatever, then you would be taken care of by the lodge. So it was kind of early life insurance. So yeah, the Woodman of the World's motto is Dumb Tacit Clamet, through though silent he speaks. And they continue, their building was the tallest building in Omaha, Nebraska until 2002. And Johnny Carson started on the Woodman of the World TV station. He had a show called The Squirrel's Nest. So, I mean, it's really interesting to me that these fraternal orders used to have a lot of clout and a lot of power. Yes. And, and Woodman of the World, who go under a different name now, they still are involved in insurance, investment, bond sales, real estate, mortgages, and their 2010 gross was $1.2 billion. So, they're doing all right. But Jeez. I'm going to join a lodge. I want to have like a cool building I where think I... you and I should just have one. Where this we just our, get a whole building that's just... our lodge. This us. is it. Your basement. <laughs> Can we call we, this the lodge? I drink, I come here and I drink for free every couple of weeks. What are you talking about? Oh, damn it. So that is the Comet Lodge Cemetery. I love that story. Isn't it? It's it's such a... These are the stories that I really like. I I love the history mixed with kind of... Ooh, it could be some little spooky, bit of spooky things happening, but you, mainly it's yeah. just about desecration, and we don't give a fuck, and, and weird. put these houses on top of these Indians. City and county and yeah. first peoples. Uh, yeah, I was a little frustrated because of what I really wanted to I, I want that PacMed building up on top of Beacon Hill to be haunted so badly, and oh, apparently it's I not. I don't know, though. I I've know. heard, that's just another time I've heard anecdotal stories, but... Right. But it's time for us to wrap it up because you've got to go get a sweet baby Jay. Yep. So right. thanks, Lorraine. It's been fun. Thank you, friend. Here we go. Another we one go. in the books. Thanks again for listening. Bigfeelingspod at gmail.com. Bigfeelingspod on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook. Yep. Check us out. Bye.